It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. World-class Jim Crockett Promotions, Big Time Wrestling, Mid-South. $2 Late Fee presents Territory Marks with Paul London and Zach Schaefer. The show that celebrates matches from the glory days of professional wrestling. From one man who lives it and another man who loves it. Dude. Oh, oh, right. So good. So I mean, we keep we could keep going, of course, but uh, but 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 it's. territory marks is back. Happy New Year. Happy Territorial New Year. Happy New Year, Paul. Happy New Year, Zachariah. Zachariah. <laughs> I remember the cult of Zachariah. The night boys are back in town. Mary's cracker makes you frown. <laughs> if we don't get a sponsorship, if Mary's Crackers becomes a sponsor for our show, you will take 100% of those profits. You heard it here first, folks. If Ghost... Jumps on board the territory mark train, <laughs> Mary's crackers. Um, uh, I think for myself, I'm gonna go with um tepache, tepache, a uh fermented beverage of Mexico. Tepache, it's delicious. Um, Paul, it's episode 12 officially wow. of Territory Marks. We recorded, obviously, we recorded an interview with Sean Durkin from the Iron Claw, David Manning of World Class. So those are episodes 10 and 11. This is episode 12 of Territory Marks. That's nuts. Wow. We have a tremendous amount today. This is the proper trilogy episode to our tribute to the Von Erics with the Iron Claw coverage. That's right. David Manning. If you guys didn't hear those episodes, go back to those episodes and check them out. We have stuff the Iron Claw doesn't. We do. Look, David Manning 
gave you guys a taste in our interview with him. We are going to give you guys some stuff today that, yeah, wasn't covered in Iron Claw. A lot of controversy with Iron Claw as of late. There's people that clearly have uh, likes and dislikes about the movie. Look, it's obvious. Flair is the worst part. I've seen nothing but universal agreement there. I feel I feel justified. I am not going to disagree with you at all. I <laughs> I think, you know, what we already told Sean, we were we were not uh, no. we were shooting straight with Sean Durkin. We we told him what we liked about it. We were straight professionals. That's it. And then you heard with David Manning, um, you know, mm-hmm. what he thought about it as well. We're going to have him back on down the road and he can talk more about that. Hopefully we'll have some other world class interview guests down the road on our show. Today, we're going to cover two specific matches from the history of the Von Eriks, two that stood out to us. There's so many to cover, and we will continue to cover the Von Eriks. We already we were covering the Von Eriks before the Iron Claw, I'm just going to say. That's right. You covered Carrie versus Flair. Uh, I covered the Von Eriks versus the Freebirds. Like, we've gone down this road, and we'll continue to go down the territory road with the Von Eriks and people associated with them. But today... We're going to be covering one specific match from David Von Erich and then one specific match from Carrie and Kevin. We'll get to those in just a second. As well as a hot blow off to an angle. Ooh, it's so hot. It's Texas heat. It's such Texas heat. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But, <laughs> but Paul, you feeling good? You ready to start 2024? I'm feeling really good. I'm uh, optimistic. Getting over my holiday illness and ready to rock and roll like only world-class championship wrestlers can, if you know what I mean. <laughs> because you're subscribers to Territory Marks and $2 Late Fee, you'll be hearing more from Paul next week and myself when we have a bonus episode of 80s Kids Unite from Comic-Con, LA Comic-Con, and that will be coming up more often in the year 2024. Check that out in in a, in a week from now. But today, today we're going to get to the heart of world-class championship wrestling. Today we're going to talk about two great matches. Um, I'm just going to ring that bell right now. Let's do it. It's David Von Erich versus Jimmy Garvin with Sunshine. It's a valet for a day match from Fort Worth, Texas, Reunion Arena, it happened on July 4th, 1983. Before we get to the match, it, it is also for the Texas Heavyweight Championship, plus $15,550. This is a tricky match. It's I think it's uh, one of the more f- infamous angles from world class back in the 80s. Easily. But there is not a lot of coverage. Not a lot. To, you, you, it's hard to find this match in its entirety online. Uh, in fact, the match itself we joined it in progress um so the link to this match you'll just see it's pretty much halfway through the match itself well i think it's it's kind of in the ending point of the shine i again i'm not sure how the how the uh you know david david's still very much in control i think at the beginning he's doing some lead work and without just you know hesitating as we just jump right into it i had to rewind this um 
because he's doing the legwork on Garvin. And as he goes for another, I guess it was kind of like a swinging elbow onto the inside of his leg. It was almost, it's hard to tell on the angle, but it's like Garvin kicks him in the back of the head with his other leg. And I've never seen that before. And I thought like, oh, that's, that's real. Like that's legit. It's real. And it looks great. And that kind of is what started the heat. They, he throws David into the corner at one point and he puts up a knee, but then, um, Garvin stops him again. Like, yeah, I was really impressed with Garvin's ferocity. Before we cover the rest of the match, let's talk about that really quick. So this is in the summer of 83, right? Uh, Jimmy Garvin up until this point, he came into world class in the spring of 83, uh, kind of at the request of David, because David met Jimmy in Florida and talked him into coming out to wow. Texas to do an angle, right? I didn't know that. And he, yeah, he came into uh, world class in 83, uh, spring of 83, and he won the Texas Heavyweight Championship from um, from David I believe in March of 83, uh, a, a title, by the way, mind you, a title that dates back to the 1940s. Whoa. So that's got some lineage there. Yeah. Right? Jimmy wins the belt in 80, in March, right? David wins it a month later, wins it back. And then Jimmy wins. So they, they go back and forth. Was back it like and five forth, times right? I think they went back and forth or something? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, in, in June of 83 is when Jimmy gets the belt, but then it gets vacated, right? Uh, because there's interference in one of their matches, sunshine interferes in the match. So the, the title gets held up. So the title now is being held up. Whoever wins it will get the title flat out along with the valet for the day and the $15,500. 550. Sorry. Yes. Ooh, correction. <laughs> Thank uh. you. Boss. Thank you. So anyways, that 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 kind of uh leads up to this and then the whole valet for a day angle, you know, David shoots this great promo. I think it's great. Uh re- prior to this match where he's talking about, you know, uh Jimmy Garvin's going to mow his uh 270 acres of land by hand right. boy i'm just gonna play a little clip of it right here gordon's jimmy garvin my favorite subject okay it's science everybody knows that if david von Erich gets beat by jimmy garvin it is in the contract and i will not lose my professional wrestling license by not honoring that contract if jimmy garvin beats me Fine, I will be his valet for a day. But when I beat Jimmy Garvin, then we're going to see, first of all, how well that valet sunshine of his can do on cleaning cattle. I got 160 head of cattle that need a bath real bad. Then, Jimmy Garvin, if you want to go on the other hand, I got 270 acres and I just wonder how long it's going to take you to mow it by hand, boy. 
With a push mower, no doubt. A push mower. I ain't talking about the automatic kind. I'm talking about the kind where the blades twirl like this, and you got to go back and forth and back and what forth. All those horses he's got to clean up. That's after. it. Yeah, we and then this. when we get all done with all that gorgeous Jimmy, after it's all over, then I'm going to take you into my horse stalls, and I'm going to have you do what I know a country, uh, a city boy like you don't know what this means, but it's called mucking stalls. And that's when you board your horses up at night, you got to go up there and clean up the little mess they made the night before. And it don't smell real good, but Garvin, it smells a whole lot better than you. And then uh, Bill Mercer, of course, has to emphasize that it's with a push mower. Push mower. Right. <laughs> and what I love about Back this is forth. it's got... Back and forth. All three brothers are there. Bill Mercer's there doing the promo. It's a great promo. There's still a lot of passion behind it. That's what they all seem to really have was that passion behind their words. And even when they would have a flub here and there, they would, you know, it was real. And so that's right. That's always something that's always been so refreshing about listening to them talk. But it was. Probably surprising, you know, at least that's how they portrayed him in the film, but uh, that he was such a good talker so naturally. But he seemed to, you know, aside from the obvious physical gifts that Carrie had, David seemed to obviously be the most all-rounded in terms of size, ability, um, just being a natural for the wrestling business in terms of understanding the the, the psychology and the the bravado and you know, all these things that just encompass the successful champion and a wrestler, which is, you know, why he was in line for the title anyways until his uh, untimely passing. But this would have been, you said, 83? Yeah, this is now June, uh, well, July of 83 when this all went down, this this culmination from, you know, th- this great feud that took place, that started back in March. And uh, this is the the final match to the feud, basically. But not really the final end of their feud, per se, because right. and I also want to point out, too, that this match, if the loser does not fulfill their obligation, as as uh, uh, Mark Lawrence, Mark Lawrence says on commentary, if the loser does not fulfill their obligation, then they will not be able to wrestle anymore. There are some cameras around to document the valet situation, regardless of which man has to work for the other. It is a stipulation for the NWA. Down goes David. A stipulation by the NWA. If the loser does not fulfill his obligation, he will not be able to wrestle anymore. So you got Mark Lawrence stipulating that. You got David Manning, of course, the referee, looking good as ever. You know, back into the match, like you said, it is actually a pretty balanced match, wouldn't you say? I do. I think Garvin doesn't really do a whole lot of moves or, but what he does is so effective um, and it's nasty. Um, he's got this big curly mullet. Yeah. Um, he's a I sharp mean, dressed man, dude. He's a sharp yeah, dressed man. I mean, he looks like just like that dog that you would want to go up and just kind of scruffle and run your, like, you know, just, but like, but it's, he's obviously this bearded, uh, creepy looking dude. <laughs> um, but that I never was kind got of, it. in a lot of people's eyes that could have been like the sexy who knows whatever the hell uh, you know the owner of the roller rink is that sexy though I don't know did you say the owner of the roller rink 
Yeah, like they seems like he would have been like that guy who was kind of like trying to hold on to like his youth and has the medallions and you know the fluffy chest and yeah. But does he does he have the belt with the change dispenser on it? Possibly, yeah. You know, depending on <laughs> to give out tokens. Depending on what party he's renting out the uh, the rink to that night. Um. But he's just so good at being this sleazy bastard, you know. He's and so good, yeah. I love the knees that he drops uh, repeatedly right. on David Same. throughout this whole match. He just—he's so good at it. And David has great. Uh, what I really loved was there was this moment, um, you know, and I might be bouncing around a little bit, but there's this moment where basically David pulls the claw on out of nowhere, and yeah. Uh, Garvin kind of drags him towards the middle of the ropes and flings him out to the floor as kind of a counter. And right. I loved it because it was just, it was so real and Same. It was yeah. scrappy and resilient in a way that was dirty in a way, you know, kind of, but, but not, it was like, well, that's, you know, it's them or you, you know, are you going to gouge their eye out or not in a street fight? And so that's kind of things that I just love about the way he works is he's really pretty and crisp in certain little things. But as a whole, um, he's the right kind of nasty and rough that just just works so perfectly. And it's such a joy to watch. Um, and, you know, he cuts him off with the big knee to the gut. At one point early on, there's another moment it's after the at, at some point Garvin gets dragged over to the turnbuckle and David gives his knee a couple of licks on the turnbuckle post, which I love because that's usually you see that in reverse, right? You usually see the heel right. doing some underhanded thing to the to the baby face and Yeah, he throws so, it in. He it's a really cool move because he throws him into the post and uh starts bashing his leg. Yeah, and Garvin sells it just amazingly any so heel that just needs to watch someone to study that gets by with maximum doing really not a whole lot but has a couple really great strikes in him like definitely watch uh jimmy garvin because he's just so good and this is way before he joined the Freebirds. this is when he was doing his gorgeous gimmick and that's so wonderful so much better. Yeah, like this is his prime, wouldn't you say? This is his prime. Yeah, I would think that this had a lot of influence on Michael Hayes too because I see a lot of similarities in their um, in-ring style and just their their idea of what sexy is, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, they both are oof. Uh. But he does this. Uh, there's a moment towards the end where Sunshine – reaches in and grabs David's foot and David right. um, gets distracted and turns and Garvin comes in with this flying knee kind of to the side and it's yeah. one of the nastier things. And then he drops a few more knees on him and then really throws some awesome punches. And I think that's a big, I was always taught that was the reason to have that hairstyle that you kind of think of as these late 70s 80s big hair um is because it really helps with the cell you know oh. in terms of uh it being very big 
you know yeah. um you know in the case of like a rick flair it's part of his iconic image uh, especially when he gets you know when he's bleeding and it really contrasts with that that bleach blonde hair of his but the hair is something that really services the cell job but also it can interesting really work in the terms of um giving you a comfort zone in terms of throwing your punches as well well it makes me wonder if paul stanley ever got into the ma- into a match uh <laughs> star child <laughs> from kiss and with that big hair they, Come they on, all people. could have at some point Sweet. You know, they, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but when, when you're right when um you know soon after jimmy's kind of taking control out of nowhere david scoops him up for the pin i think jimmy gets him down with a tackle or or david does a couple of drop downs to get out of the way and then gets up and kind of eats a tackle garvin stops him with the big knee to the gut off the ropes and so it's actually really beautifully done because garvin comes off with the big line and drops him but then at, at this moment he goes for that knee again and David schoolboys him into like a deep schoolboy and gets the one, two, three. David ducks, ducks the second time, throws him over. Two, three, he's won it. David Von Erich is finally the Texas heavyweight champion in the fifth try. Second, the new Texas heavyweight champion, David Von Erich. He wins the belt. He wins fifteen thousand five hundred fifty dollars. David Bonner wins the belt, the money, and Sunshine and Jimmy Garvin will be his ballet for one day. Yeah, he like swings around. Yeah, and and pulls him in. Yeah, it's just a great matchup between two. Well put foils, I think. Um, Agreed. Yeah, they just really they have such great chemistry. And I just love how afterwards, uh, when it was clear as day that David had won the match, they let uh, Dave Manning and get on the microphone and say, David is the winner of the match. He is the winner of the or winner of the money and he is the winner of the valet for the day and then like as he's like saying that Jimmy Garvin just busts out like this tantrum and he's just like his cell is just every like it wasn't a matter that he won the match that he won the money it's the fact that he got the he's winning the valet you have to be his valet and he just crumbles and like and he's like pouting and like kicking. It's awesome. I mean, he's just such, and it's so good. It's so funny because it it sets up a the great segment, the valet for a day segment, which you know obviously it's 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 Bill Mercer with David on their ranch, and when <laughs> when Jimmy's there, you know he, it the interaction that he has with David. Garvin pulls up in his own town car. Right? He gets yeah. kicked out of his own. Gets kicked out of his own town car. Right, and I love it because you know he's like getting all excited and amped up, and then David's like, you know, I forget what does he say, something like, you know, I'll I'll shut you down right now, or I'll smack you down, and then yeah. and Jimmy's like, 
what, 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 what do you want me to do then? Like he gets really, like he totally yeah. cowers to him. A big day with David Von Erich as gorgeous Jimmy Garvin and Sunshine plays a part of ballets for you. Oh, this must be a big, big occasion. It's a great day for Dave because uh, today Jimmy Garvin's going to learn what it means to have a full day's work. Can I play it? All day long. <laughs> Well, Come on, Von Eric, let's get the thing started, man. Let's get the thing started. I want you to know right now I'm not going to be enjoying myself. Okay, let's start it off by you getting out of the car. Okay, I'm out of the car. Now, what do you want me to do? I'm out of the car. Let me tell you one thing. Let's get one thing straight right now. The only reason I'm here, Von Eric, is because my lawyer told me I had to be here, okay? Because if I wasn't here, I couldn't wrestle nowhere in the United States. You understand me, Von Eric? I understand you well enough, Garvin. You stand in my face again, I'll knock you down. What do you want? I want you to get out of my way. Open the door for Bill Mercer, my valet, and meet me behind the house in the back 40. Open the door. I can in the back 40, open the door for Mr. Bill Mercer. I know it's some kind of joke with you, Von Eric. Walk, it's hot. I don't want to walk, Von Eric. I don't want to walk. You think this is some kind of joke? I can tell right now that this ain't going to work out at all. I can tell right now. Walk, 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 it's hot. I don't want to walk. It's like a five minute bit, you know. They they chop it up, but it's but it's Jimmy doing all his maintenance. It's so it's funny. It's so good. I mean, you have them digging post holes. Like, I don't want to dig post holes, Varner. I ain't digging post holes. I'm tired of digging post holes. And then he and he's like, quit your belly aching. Well, he's garbage. got a shotgun at one point. He's got a shotgun and he yeah, shoots he's off. Like, pull the thing. And he makes sunshine pull the 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 targets and he's shooting. He's like. Are you crazy? It's just, oh, it's it's a really great odd couple kind of comedy with sunshine in there too, because then they're dragging hay bales or something. Yeah, David pulls yeah. up in the truck. He's like, "You gotta take these all the way down," or "I want you, we gotta move these all the way down." He's like, "Well, quit moving the truck. I can't put the." Oh, you ain't taking the truck. You're walking down there by hand. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I tell you, it's just there's always like a little twist. You know what I mean? Yeah. that's what I love about it. it it's it's never like in uh, improv. Obviously, you always yes and right. But with David, you know, Jimmy says this. I, I stop doing this thing, and I'll and I'll get to do it. He's like, no, well, that's not what you're gonna do. You know, <laughs> which triggers Jimmy. It actually makes Garvin like sympathetic. In a way, you, you said it earlier with David when he's kind of hitting these heel moves on Jimmy. He kind of comes across heelish, yeah, a little big bit. Time. You know, you start feeling sorry for old white trash Jimmy, beautiful, gorgeous Jimmy Garvin. You kind of do, <laughs> and and you know that this segment ends with them brawling, uh, and and it, in classic world championship production uh style where the the scene just kind of ends with bill mercer like going whoa yeah. you know and uh right and it fades into they commercial back into the the stables or whatever that was right yeah yeah and and so you know it kind of leaves the door open for this feud to continue which it doesn't because jimmy goes on to feud with gentleman chris adams soon after this but it's a great payoff to a match that you know it Nowadays, you see it totally different. Like, hit the big finisher, the one, two, three. This kind of, with that mm-hmm. schoolboy, it's a quick, not a quick pin, essentially, but it, it's not what you would expect. But I will say this, watching all these Von Erich matches now, 
it's kind of what I expect out of the big payoff match. It still leaves the door open, as you mentioned, and it's quick, it's effective. Any kind of surprise finish, no matter what it is, um, especially if it's something that you wouldn't think would be the finish compared to other more impactful moves, I just feel it's always going to have the payoff to it. And they were masters of that. They were really were. And David is so, God, he's, you could really tell in these moments why he was, I don't want to say the chosen one, but kind of the, the, the guy. Instinctually had it. He just had had it. it. He had that magic. He had that spark. He was so good. Yeah, he was doing kind of heelish moves when that wasn't in fashion. Nowadays, it would be total commonplace. But kind of gave you a glimpse of who he might have really been, too. It's like just kind of this Texas, he likes to party, you know, a little bit. And, he, you know, they all did from, you know, the stories you'd hear. And, you know, what's just, you know, I can see him having a couple beers and, you know, getting kind of mouthy and standing up for his brothers and, you know. Maybe, well, maybe he won't be picking the fights, but he'll be ending them. You know what I mean? So, you know. Well, we, you and I had said we were kind of talking back and forth offline about how um, the Von Erichs could have potentially been a good heel faction in other territories. They did heal, I think. Yeah, they did. And I think Florida. I know Florida, they were heels uh, at one point. I believe in the Carolinas as well right. or Georgia. Um, I think I'd sent you uh, a few of those, but yeah, it's different. It's interesting to see them. David probably was the most natural in terms of uh, being that way. Right. Absolutely love uh, this whole atmosphere of all of it. Me too. Me too. The Garvin Valley for a day vignettes with sunshine and then watching the dog and spraying her more than he's spraying the dog (laughs) because she keeps getting in the way and, it's just ridiculous. It's so funny. It's so simple. I'm a dog lover. I'm sure you're an animal yeah, lover too. And they're absolutely. like insulting the dog, and the dog's just looking yeah, at him like, what's yeah. wrong this with you guys? Dirty dog. God. Dirty. Yeah. Make sure you get behind the ears, Gorbin. <laughs> yeah. It's, and you know, the thing is, these were not overproduced. I mean, no. they were produced well for the time. But they were pretty simple, and they were well-produced, they were well-made, they were well-shot, straightforward. Totally, and it, and it hits all the buttons. It's It's got a great, satisfying payoff with the valet for the day match, and <laughs> ending the way it did. And it just it showcases it. David in a really positive way. And, you know, obviously, yeah. there's, enough, there's enough negative online and, and all the tragedy that surrounds this family. We're here to celebrate the Von Erichs. We're here to celebrate and point right. out... Some of the many things that we love about the territories, the Von Erichs were a huge part of. Absolutely. They ran the South. They ran, you know, world class. You're going to go down to Texas. You're going to you're gonna rough it up with the Von Erich boys. Right? Well, that kind of segues into our next match. Should we get into our next match? Absolutely. I guess we're fast forwarding. Would this be 85? October of 85. Uh, so obviously, unfortunately, at this point, you know, to, to recap in between that year and change, uh, sadly, David Von Erich passed away uh, and then Carrie won the world title, which you so eloquently discussed in a previous episode against Ric Flair. 
uh, lost yes. the title. He's no longer the champ as he's the former. I think he had it for, what, 18 days? Something like that. Yeah, very limited amount yeah. of time. Paul, like, kind of tee it up a little bit. What, what, uh, what What's the, the match and the angle we're, we're going to be talking about here? There's a lot, actually. Yeah. We're, we're looking at, uh, this is in Texas Stadium. It's not a bad house by any means, but it's not you know, what it was for the David, uh, for the David Barnerick Memorial. I mean, it's not the same crowd, but it's at least half or more, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, it's great. It's great. We see, I don't know if it's just before the match, but kind of earlier, we see the segment where Mike Von Erich had obviously already had his, his accident with his shoulder and then from that shoulder injury, fallen into the coma and suffered the toxic shock. And so this is the first time that the public has seen Mike Von Erich. And he's standing there uh, with Fritz. And, and just really quickly, really quickly to paint the picture for everybody. This is the Cotton Bowl, right? This is That's right. And, uh, and, and it's their big extravaganza, their big show, right? And it's a big Texas Stadium, yeah, yeah, and and up until this point, yeah, Mike had had his accident. We'll get we'll get to the match in just a second. So this is where we introduce Lance, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, so so Mike <laughs> uh, Mike has been released now for like a month since he got out of the hospital. A month, yeah, and yeah. and he's there with Fritz and Bill Mercer's interviewing him. It's a really uncomfortable That's segment. Right. Uh, if you want to watch a little bit of it, we put it on our Instagram page. And then, yeah, you're introduced to Waldo's son, Lance Von Erich. And again, we're not going to we're not going to play any of that. Might put it on our Instagram. But, you know, it's that moment where you're like, oh, man, this is this is now there. Everyone knows. this. He reminds me of Nuclear Man from Superman 4. Totally. When I was watching him. Yeah. Yeah, it was really bizarre. Yeah. And actually, David Manning talked a little bit about Lance uh, in our interview with the connection there um in and Lance is kind of given more of a spotlight coming up in the main event yeah and actually he's announced it's the whole bizarre. crowd yeah it's really bizarre so but before that really quickly so Gino Hernandez and Chris Adams the dynamic duo are a heel tag team they've been feuding with Kevin and Carrie for quite some time in fact you can go online and you can find several matches between the two of these teams going back and forth. There's a hardcore match practically where Carrie brings a chain and Kevin, I think brings like an ax or something in the ring. And, uh, <laughs> I, I think it's, I think it's the match where, um, uh, David gets his uh, neck caught in the ropes, right? David Manning talked about that in the interview. Yeah. There's some great matches that led up until this final feud. Carrie and Kevin were the champions, the NWA North American Tag Team Champions going into this match. But this was not about the titles. This was a loser loses their hair match. That's right. right? The luscious locks. I think they even say that in the match. Mark Lawrence on, uh, announces the talent, ego, and emotion are on the line. That's what he says. Ladies and gentlemen, world-class championship wrestling here at the Cotton Bowl presents this next sensational bout. There is talent, ego, and emotion on the line as this coveted bout that the world has been waiting for takes place between the world's best two tag teams. 
There is no time limit. Anything goes. There must be a winner. And the losing team, both members of the team, will have their heads shaved following them out. I present first the tandem known as the dynamic duel. First from Highland Park, the suburb here in Dallas, 240 pounds, the handsome half-breed Gino Hernandez. The other half of the world-famous dynamic duel is an Englishman, 235 pounds, the gentleman, Chris Adams. Their opponents across the ring really need no introduction, but for the purposes of television, Denton County, 235 pounds, Kevin Von Erich. His brother from Denton County at 261, the modern-day warrior and former world heavyweight champion, Kerry Von Erich. Ladies and gentlemen, the ring is surrounded by some 20 lumberjacks. They will make sure that the losers do not escape when the bout is over. We will not introduce the Lumberjacks for reasons of time. However, we would like to welcome to the ring the nephew of Fritz Von Erich, Mr. Lance Von Erich. Your referee for this bout, ladies and gentlemen, a man who accepted this responsibility at the last minute, Mr. David Manning. There is a problem right now with Gino Hernandez and Chris Adams. They do not want David Manning as the referee. Well, we'll see. Gary Hart just walked up. Hi, Gary. Who have you got your money on? Gary Hart just walked by and said he's uh, looking for the Von Erics to win. That's interesting. Well, Chris Adams and Gino Hernandez did not like the fact that David Manning is the referee. But he is the referee. That's the way it's going to go right now. As Kevin Von Erich and Kerry Von Erich prepare for this battle. This is not giving your all, but it is giving your hair if you happen to lose. And there's a lot of handsome hair out there on those handsome heads. Neither of those or any one of the four would want to lose. A part of their, their whole style and personality. David Manning is still talking to Chris Adams. And now Chris has an, an announcement to make. Referring to the bout last year when Chris and Kevin were here. Chris slammed Kevin over the head with a chair, sent him to the hospital with a concussion and a severe laceration. This year at the Cotton Bowl, it is the hair match. Amazing. And yeah, that's when uh, Waldo, or sorry, Lance Von Erich is introduced to the crowd because it's also a uh, lumberjack match, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of the guys from uh, who competed earlier in the night are out there, including Gary Hart, who goes by uh, Bill Mercer and, and says he's he thinks the Von Erichs are going to win this match. <laughs> yeah. And they don't introduce the uh, Lumberjacks except for Lance Von Erich. And Chris is out there also. We get to see Chris and we'll get to see him a little bit later. We do. 
I was going to say the dynamic duo, you know, uh, freak out because David Manning is announced as the the referee for the match. Once again, David Manning gets a spotlight. Oh, that's right. Chris and Gino flip out on this. And then, you know, of course, Chris cuts a promo to the crowd right before the match starts, healing it up. And, oh, my God, they're such a great heel tag team because, you know, obviously Chris Adams was a baby face for the longest time. Like we said, he feuded with Jimmy Garvin for a minute, but he turned on Kevin, right? He super kicks Kevin in the face at one point, uh, which led to this <laughs> tag team. And and Paul's going to talk about those super kicks in a minute because those are quite possibly the greatest super kicks we've ever Bruh. seen. Well, Carrie was on the receiving end this evening. Yeah. Yeah, I loved the match. Um, Carrie starts off. Gino's just a, a wonderful kind of chicken shit heel. He is so good. Yeah, and he comes in and like really does nothing. And then, you know, escapes and tags out. And he's just such a coward. <laughs> um, and he is. Chris is in there, you know, and... I don't know if they did it here, but there's a point later where Carrie gets the claw on Chris, and there was another similar kind of evasive move um, like we had seen earlier with Garvin, except it was into the turnbuckle, and I thought that was really neat. Yeah. But um, but needless to say, that Carrie and Chris start off at this point, and Carrie gets the upper hand. He's just a freak of nature athletically and size-wise. And they get over to a point where they're at the corner and Kevin tags in and just leaps up to the top for like this little double axe handle. He's so he's and so he does athletic. It so effortlessly. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. And I was just watching, I was like, his legs were were crazy. His he's had this strong legs. He had to, right? Because he's barefoot. And it's just such a joy to watch real looking wrestling like wrestling that is as real as it is right. as real as it can be and they are believing everything they're doing because they're literally doing it as their livelihood and they believe it and they truly believe it and it's just such a joy to watch this match is wild the and it goes kind of for, all over the place for sure yeah, and like they don't get too into the lumberjacks. I mean, there's a, a time where I think Carrie gets thrown out onto like the well, it looks like a, a stand or some sort of presentation table or something outside. And there's a point where Chris Adams hits that super kick kind of just out of nowhere. Right. It's not like built up to the super kick, it's like he just he rifles it off out of nowhere. Talk about underrated super kick. His super kick was phenomenal phenomenal and it came off like a shotgun and he there's a the second time that he goes for it that carry uh blocks it or kind of eludes it somehow um but there's one towards the kind of latter half of the match that he hits carry with in the back of the head that i don't know how he didn't knock him out i mean it's just just blindsides him and it's oh it's, yeah it's, it's stiff. insane yeah it's so gross yeah but i love it i i love it so much um but yeah this match is kind of all, all over the place um and you are able to keep track of who's legal it does kind of get bonkers at the end when all four in the ring kind of spilling out as a lot of the the von Erich tag matches 
would tend to do. The energy in this whole thing was really wild. Uh, but but Kerry really shined here. Yeah, he does. Um, he really does. This was one of those times when I felt like he really kind of outshined everybody else easily. And I thought Chris Adams looked great here as well. You know, not to say that Kevin or Gino didn't, but they were just great heels that weren't trying to do anything cool or work for pops. And that's one of the things that's so refreshing to watch. Um, but also just that it's not just overly choreographed. Gino at one point hits Carrie with a chair, but it's not the folding chair. It's like a, it's a stiff chair. It's like the legs. Yeah. He like stabs him down with the legs of it. Yeah. Because it's a no DQ match also. Right. Thanks for pointing that out. Yeah. The stipulations. Yeah, that's right. So like need no DQ, right? Because as we get into, there's a point at the end when they blast Carrie uh, with powder. Um, right. And dummy empty eyed Lance hops up in the corner and is putting water kind of on a towel or something to try and wash Carrie's eyes out. And he just has no emotion behind the face. You know, it's kind of like he just is going through the motions um, of anything that he did. You know, I think that was obviously one of the reasons they realized quickly that that was like such a mistake. Um, Again, they highlight Lance in this little bit here, helping wash out Carrie's eyes from the powder that, um, Chris Adams threw uh, into Carrie's face to try and get the advantage towards the end. And then as we see that backfires uh, for the finish, but there's no lulls in this match, you know, it just kind of like continues with this, this energy. And a lot of that's the crowd, obviously in the Von Erichs being just. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The, the most over people there, but for what it was, I really loved it. You know, a hair match. You don't really see those too much anymore. And boy, did they fight it at the end. It's roughly like a 10 minute or so match with the powder getting thrown in. Chris gets the powder eventually in his face and Carrie rolls Chris up. Yeah, at the end. Carrie rolls Chris up yeah. for the pin. One, two, three. And that's the fourth battle, and that's batted. That's batted, Chris Adams here. One, two, three. Carrie Vonerick pins Chris Adams. Carrie Vonerick pins Chris Adams. And we have the members of the radio media to ringside, please. Gino tries to escape right here above us. But the he is members stopped. of the radio media to ringside. Gino trying to get out of here. That's right, Eric has him right here beside me, along with Adias. Scott Casey. 
Chris Adams over on the other side, and he's trying to kick his way out, but they are caught. So it's going to be haircutting time, and the Von Erics win this. Chris Adams and Gina Hernandez will have their hair clipped. We'll be back with a great climax to this event. The haircutting in the ring with the barbers, Kevin and Carrie Von Erich, in just a moment. That's just kind of a surprise again, too, because it's another roll-up for a big finish to a match. But you were saying, like, there's really no interaction with the Lumberjacks. They don't really get involved. They're actually just kind of hanging out around the, around the ring, which is kind of funny. Um, but it, it's not just the 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 match ending in favor of the Von Eriks. It's the finale knowing that these guys are going to get their head shaved. And I mean, you guys, again, the links for all of this stuff are always in our show notes. But just to paint a picture, you know, Paul and I both have pretty full heads of hair. Um, Gino wow. and Chris equally have these full heads of, you know, dark brown, black hair, and they're about to get their heads shaved. And you could tell Chris Adams' hair was colored. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they could look more like the handsome half-breed right. Gino Hernandez. But uh... Yeah, and this was, unfortunately, this is the last time you're really going to see Gino in this kind of uh, respect because I, I, only a few months later, he would die, uh, sadly. And oh, wow. the same year. Um, yeah. You know, but again, we're not going to get wow. into that just yet. But, you know, when we we're going to cover Chris Adam matches, we're going to cover Gino matches down the road. Yeah, they were amazing and super underrated as heels. But but boy, did they work great together. Healing it up to get their head shaved. Oh, my God. Uh, you, you think that Chris Adams was going to bite somebody because he got he got yeah, rough. Talk about that. You. Talk about that. I'll kill you. Don't think I forgot you too, Bronco Lubitsch. I'm going to kill you. They're holding them, and you're trying to see if they're, you know, if Adams is laughing because somebody maybe said some inside rib or something, but, like, you're believing it the whole time that this guy's just pissed and, try, you know, he's disgusted and angry that he's to get his head shaved, but he's also, there's a part of him that just looks like he's accepted it. Well, he gives in at the end when it's too late. At that point, they've already shaved half yeah, his head off. Yeah, it's just really entertaining. The thing with the lumberjacks is they let all of them come in, and they're like, for everyone that Chris Adams had super kicked, um, they're getting a they're getting a piece of it, you know. So they're getting to come in and pet his hair, and like a couple of these job guys, and you know, coming in, Iceman Parsons, everyone's like cutting off a chunk of his hair and showing it to the crowd, and so that was kind of neat. Um, so a lot of these other guys kind of got their come up their kind of come up as well right or they're just their justice and then uh and then of course you know gino's next because he's being held back and tries to escape oh and he's the best he's the best and i've never in my life seen anyone like the way that he struggles to like you know, from the floor and they pick him up from the floor uh like a bad stage dive in reverse <laughs> yeah, totally and bring him into the ring feet first over the top rope from the floor. Yes. Like reverse back wave <laughs> splash. Yeah. 
Like he's riding up the current. Um, it's very awkward and, to watch, but it yeah, it's super awkward, but it's neat. And you keep waiting for them to drop him, but they right. never do. And they get him into the ring and they hold him down, and it it's creepy. Almost his face starts to almost change. It really as does. his hair does. You know, it really does. And and they call the the head shaver thing. You know, like anyone who's been in the military might might have flashbacks of. You know, this moment and the electric scissors, he, I think uh, they keep saying that. Well, at one point, at one point, Chris Von Erich gets involved and gets and Lance is also yeah. in there, too. Lance is holding uh, him down. Gino squirming around, tries to get out the other side and Chris tackles him. Chris Von Erich tackles him on the ground. Right. Yeah. Chris Von Erich tackles him. And that must have been the like the greatest moment for Chris, you know, to have that. Cause it's really a highlight for him. And I think at the time here, he was, uh, 14 maybe. Yeah. And yeah, he looks young or he's might be 16 at this or seven. He, he's pretty young, but if, yeah, he might be 14 here. Because he passed away in what ninety two, I think, or ninety one. Yeah. Um, at twenty one. Shout out to Paulette really quick because uh, she sent me a a song by Chris Von Eric. My dad can whip your dad. Oh, yeah, wow. I might actually play a little bit of that right now. That's a highlight for Chris Von Eric too. Here you go. And I'll say, my dad can whip your dad. My dad can whip your dad. But my dad is a nice guy. It's silly. It's really him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it got he got his moments. You know, he got his moments to to shine in his way. Look, guys. If you don't know who Chris Von Erich is, because you only saw the Iron Claw and now you found us. Um, there's so much more to Chris Von Eric, but he was a little guy. He was a little guy. Yeah. But he got to tackle Gino. You're right. He got to have his moment in the sun. Yeah. And he gets in there too. And I think it's, you know, he's, he's getting, he's, he's feeling good, you know, about himself <laughs> for the night. I think he gets, a, I think he gets a couple of hair clips as well. In Lance there. gets to his, he, Lance gets his moment of holding Gino back and. Yeah. But they hand the, Razor or the the electric scissors is somebody who you just kind of like oh, okay and I think they quickly take it out from like Carrie takes it back or something I can't remember it's yeah funny. they're like passing it around to other guys from world class and and you're right that not everybody is the standout <laughs> that you would think they would be yeah but they leave Gina with like this tough like this top oh, head ponytail kind of this yeah it's pretty bad he's hilarious he slithers out and covers his head with the first like thing that t-shirt or something he can find and i mean it's dramatic it's a dramatic payoff it is a fantastic dramatic payoff to a pretty decent card um you know really quickly on that card itself uh kelly kaninsky was on there uh, wrestling tommy montana from louisiana right uh brian adias who you know, David Manning has spoken about in his episode. Uh, he was wrestling Jack Victory, uh, but Ice Man, Ice Man King Parsons, right prior to this match, was wrestling One Man Gang in a 
uh, taped this match. Oh, that's right. You know, we're definitely going to talk about Iceman King Parsons down the road because that guy had some pretty cool promos back in the day. I met him when I was first starting out in Texas. Oh, cool. Yeah, he was uh, still kind of in the Dallas scene a little bit as like a manager. Killer Tim Brooks as well. Yeah. Who's also on this card yeah. in the opener with uh, Gary Hart at his side. He was uh, someone who trained at the time. He was one of their only trainers. He had a school out in Waxahachie. He trained a few of the guys that I worked with. Yeah. So there were some kind of fibers or threads of world-class and some of the independents that I was doing up there, PCW and NWA Southwest. So that was always kind of neat. Let me ask you this question though, you know, being around some of those guys and, 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 and getting a little taste of that world-class little taste of the glory, little taste of the glory. Would you have your head shaved ever? I would do a loser loses their hair match. If the payoff was worth it. Absolutely. Okay. I think that's a an amazing stipulation that doesn't get used enough, and when it does, it's it's done so poorly. You know where it's obvious. It's like obvious that it's not going to be this guy, or it's you know, or who it's going to. It's just not. Whereas in this case, you had four guys with a great set of hair, more so the Von Erichs. Oh, so I don't yeah. think people were too concerned but it was almost like they set up the heels to have these matching mullet kind of colored darker hair that but at the same time you had never seen them with short hair so it was just a great payoff um and a great main event to yeah what seemed like an absolutely a successful card you know looked at least ten thousand strong oh, I don't yeah know if there was easily it, it sounded that way too, because you, you've we've uh, we've covered some matches in the past that did not have that kind of audience, and you hear the right. difference in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, this sounded full. This sounded riotous uh, and, and, yeah. and and rock star esque, uh, because you yeah. know, you've got two of the Kevin and Carrie. Yeah, were, they were rock stars too, you know, and and Ke- Carrie. Oh man, like he is he's a Greek god. He looks like a Greek god and and both of them yeah. do really if you think about it. That payoff was so satisfying. And Right. Would I do a hair match? No. <laughs> so, oh, come on. It grows back. <laughs> I guess so. If I was in a match with you, I would. And they were going like bald. They were going like let's shave 95% of their head. That's skin, yo. And leave a little Yeah, I was just like this, these electric scissors are not that. That I was looking for the nicks oh. in their head where they like really got gigged open from the recklessness of like ah, well, that, ah, the cameras are still on us. Oh, we got to get it off. Hurry, hurry. That's the thing, dude. That 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 I was really nervous about in this moment because I'm so used to seeing that in future hair matches yeah. where the bloods. <laughs> but there's no blood. I mean, spoiler, they, they're pretty good about cutting their hair pretty decently. Uh, and, they're pretty good. And meanwhile, Bill Mercer, of course, I, I didn't say this earlier, I don't think. Mark Lawrence was the commentator for the uh, David Von Erich-Jimmy Garvin match. 
But Bill Mercer was the commentator for this match, and he sells it so well. Uh, again, it's a single commentator versus double, which is right. a, a novelty by today's standards. Yeah, but something that yeah. you know you got you got to have a lot of gravitas to carry a match on your own and really sell it and make it important. And both of those guys do a stand-up job uh, delivering the goods when it comes to commentating. Absolutely. I mean, again, world class. Just they really set the bar. They were world class. They were world class. So many levels. They really were. They really were. They really were. And I think that's why it's always such a joy to watch any of their events. Um, Martin tragedy or not, it's always a pleasure to see that style of wrestling that was the the life. This was their life, and they treated it real, and it was real. My take on all that is, and I think we said this with David Manning. You got to find those highs within the lows. Chris Adams equally had a tragic end to his life. Right. Uh, and, and we can touch on that later. But you got to find the silver linings because, damn, these are some good silver linings. Like they are so, it brought me so much joy watching these matches again, too. Uh, I, I didn't see them live when they happened. And I probably saw them on a VHS tape you know, courtesy of Suncoast video, but, um, you know, back in the day, but man, it was so much fun to watch these matches. And it was also fun to hear it unfiltered with, you know, the music, uh, Kevin and Carrie come out to stranglehold. I know it's not in the match itself, but gorgeous Jimmy Garvin would come out the sharp dressed man. You know, it's like these authentic theme (laughs) songs. So great. You know, obviously we can't pay a tribute to the Von Erichs, we could do an eight-hour show, but we're going to sprinkle this out. Sure. This is this is simply just us uh, picking a couple matches that we love from the Von Erichs to celebrate the Von Erich family. You know, you got in this match, the second match, you've got everybody in it, all the principal players uh, that were associated with the Von Erichs. And um, it's it's a beautiful thing. It's a be- I think this is as good of a tribute as we can pay to them right now. No, I agree. Yeah, I, I really loved it. You know, especially again, just that little highlight too of Chris tackling Gino on the end. Just, <laughs> you know, it's so great. It's such a big pop. Yeah, I mean, it's literally like it's such a Lucas moment. Oh, it's totally Lucas. Oh man, you hit the nail on the head. It's such a small but like heart, such a magnifying, heartwarming thing. Because I don't know that Chris really got highlighted. Other than that, there was another thing I think he had done with Dennis Condry, maybe. Um, but this was the, the biggest one, I feel, uh, especially on the biggest stage. So, if we ever cover, by the way, I, I not to, to interrupt you really quickly. No, uh, please. If, if we ever cover best wrestlers who looked like a creepy next door neighbor, I think Dennis Condry might be on that uh, episode. <laughs> there'd be a lot that'd be a, that could be a two or three part actually it might have to be maybe we'll save that for halloween <laughs> yeah uh, the guy next door you are don't they want on their registry or are they not? oh boy um uh, yeah, yeah kayfabe catfish uh as as we were kind of talking <laughs> offline a little inside baseball for that one and if you want more of that inside baseball subscribe to our patreon subscribe to patreon.com slash two dollar late fee and you can get some That's more right. fun banter Okay, so as we wrap up, originally we were going to record this in December, but Paul and I both were 
we're down for the count. We were really sick in December. Uh, and and we're like, look, it's all good. We're going to get to this episode. But what we were originally going to do is is we were going to do a Christmas theme with some childhood memories. You know how obviously in every episode of Territory Marks, we pull fun facts from the year these matches came out. Instead of doing that this time, we're each going to share a childhood present that we received uh, that really to this day means a lot to us. And this kind of kind of teases a little bit of 80s Kids Unite because in 80s Kids Unite, Uh-oh. you know, we will be talking about things that either lived up to the hype or exceeded the hype or did neither. <laughs> but for this case, for this case, for both of us, uh, we each chose something that definitely lived up to the hype and then some. Uh, do you want to start? Yeah. It's funny, we both chose kind of like a fortress of sorts. Yeah, mine... Yeah, but let the, let's talk about the fortress. Well, yeah, my, uh, growing up, massive G.I. Joe uh, brainwashed child who <laughs> didn't get overly uh, war-glorified, but still loved G.I. Joe nonetheless. Um, the big, massive item, I guess this would have been... Maybe in 1986. 1986, yeah. Uh, was the the Cobra Terradrome, which was like their big headquarters, uh, which was like this round, um, or I guess kind of more hexagonal base, their head base. They had these giant cannons on two ends and <laughs> a thing on the inside that was kind of like a, I don't even know how to explain, like a bulb that would kind of open up kind of um similar to an observatory yeah. type telescope thing but like a rocket would come out of it and it was just super cool and there were all these different compartments and things that could happen to your joes or different you know things it was like the ultimate place set right imagine this deep in the jungle you discover it the cobra pterodrome with gun emplacements almost everywhere and special base for refueling vehicles there it is the Cobra Pterodrome is really incredible. That's Dr. Mindbender. And now, look, they've captured Flynn. It's time to warn the Joes, but suddenly they launch the Firebat. G.I. Joe, American hero. Live the adventure of G.I. Joe. Cobra Pterodrome comes with Firebat and Pilot. Other figures and equipment sold separately. Joe, Joe! It was the ultimate. It was way better really than was. anything G.I. Joe had on their side. Oh, way better than anything G.I. Joe had on their side. Way better than, like... Any of the other kind of play sets that were going out at the time, right. uh, with the exception of a few, yours being uh, one of the exceptions that I also had. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, but but uh, but I loved the the Terradrome. Like I, I would obviously play with other uh, figures and stuff there as well. That would be captive or doing a rescue mission or something. So. I can't believe um, you had the Terradrome. We totally would have played toys together if you had the Terradrome. Yeah, it was great. That was really the biggest that I can really remember in terms of size and scope and really not just not thinking you were going to get that. Like, you you know, it's like one of those Hail Marys you put on your Christmas <laughs> list. There's no way I'm going to get the Terradrome because in, in, in 1980s yeah. dollars, it was probably pretty expensive. I'm sure. But it is a big ticket item. It is one of those things that, like, if you got that, maybe you got, like, three Joes 
on top of it just to, to you know and it probably i believe it came with a figure too like it came with yeah the, the like a little ship that was in the center right and then um right yeah one of these co- one of these cobra guards it's interchangeable but only unique to this set did you ever unscrew your joes and swap the parts out uh no but i would sometimes when i was really kind of over certain ones um i would take black cats no no and i would no pull their no. waists so you'd kind of see the rubber band and i would stick that <gasps> in there I'd be like no please be like we're done with you your time is up and like light the thing they'd be like no and it was like obliterate oh <laughs> like that's how i'd get rid of my jaws i'd sacrifice them god. to the black cat gods who did you yeah who did you sac- was- can you name can you name some names of joes you sacrificed I can't remember. There's one guy that had like this painted on beard that I just that always annoyed me. Like his beard just looked painted on. I was just like hated his face. I was like, all right, this is a Joe, but like I can't stand this guy. So like he was the first to go. Wow. 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 <laughs> well, maybe we wouldn't have hung out and played G.I. Joe's together. <laughs> no, you never know. <laughs> I mean, I kept it real. My brother was the one who would pick up my my joes and throw him against the wall when he'd rage out on me and i'm like oh no you gotta pay me back for that someday (sighs) if you want more childhood trauma sign up to patreon.com slash two dollar late fee for more of zach's childhood trauma that's right i'm not joking (laughs) i'm joking um do you want me to share mine I would love to. Sh- I was. I'm. I'm, I'm hanging in the trees for. <laughs> oh, it. ooh, nice segue. Um. So. So mine goes back to the winter of 1984. Uh. It was the first winter that I went to go visit my dad after my parents got divorced. Moved to California in '84 in the summer of '84 and went back. Uh. For Christmas. Uh. To be with my dad for winter break and um for like a week or something. Anyways. Um. Wow. During that time, uh, my uncle, my uncle Larry, used to buy my brother and I presents. He would buy my brother and I one present that we would share between the two of us. So earlier in the 80s, he bought us the Kraken from Clash of the Titans. And it was like a big, you know, a big uh, figure that you could use your figures with. And typically, even though it was made for my brother and I, my brother, who's five years older than me, would kind of tap out on it early and he let me play with it, right? So, oh, cool. I thought he was going to confiscate and be like, this is mine, dude. No, he surprisingly didn't. He would just end up breaking my toys out of rage uh, whenever we would get <laughs> in an argument. But the winter of 1984, Christmas Eve, I believe, or was it Christmas Eve? I'm trying to remember now. I have a picture of it somewhere with my brother who slapped a bow on my back. Um, we open up this present, and it was the Ewok Village playset from Star Wars. The Force is back. The Rebels won't tire till they see the last of the Empire. And Kenner's there with Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. It's Ewok Village. I must see my friends. Let's set here, me. It's C-3PO, Lovray, and Ewok Village playset. Action figures each sold separately. You have to put it together. Your throne, O Golden King, will celebrate with special stew. A barbecue. No celebration for me until my friends are free. Ewok Village playset from Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. Action figures sold separately from Kenner. Obviously, the hype with Return of the Jedi was real 
Um, but what I what I love about it oh, yeah. so much is that it was the same size as a GI Joe playset, so you could use your Joes with it. And I did use my Joes right. with it. And my brother just looked at me and he's like, "I don't." I'm paraphrasing, but he's basically like, "You know, you can play with this. It's yours." And it was such a cool <laughs> playset. I I loved it so much. I used it more for my yeah. Joes than I did with my. Uh, Same. You know, and you, like you said, the Terror Drome was so great, and Cobra had their awesome base. I'm like, the Joes need an awesome base. And it had, you know, a net, and it had like a, like an elevator type action to it. And it was such a little roasting thing to like turn them (laughs) in the fire. Yeah. And in the commercial itself, the kids who were playing their toy with the toys, they 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 make the Ewoks like almost look like the villains in the in the whole bit that they're doing, <laughs> you know. Um, but anyways, that was my childhood toy that I definitely marked out for uh, back in the day. The elevator. Yeah, yeah, dude. On the outside, like the basket elevator. Yeah, it was so cool. I had that forever, uh, and I remember I had to take it apart because my dad would typically be like, you know. If I get a toy from him, then it's got to stay at his house, you know? Right. And That's understandable. And I'd go back to California with nothing, right? But this was one thing that he let me take. Uh, I, I definitely was able to take the Ewok Village playset back with me. And that was definitely a positive thing. And that also kind of tees up 80s Kids Unite. We will be talking about childhood memories like this in future episodes on $2 Late Fee. So stay tuned. But that wraps up our tribute to the Von Erics with a sprinkle of uh, 80s nostalgia in there. And Paul, any uh, parting thoughts about the Von Erics? Yeah, I think if, you know, the story hooks you, yeah, please feel free to do the research and Overall, I really enjoyed the film. I think we've talked about that in the past. Iron but, Claw, the Iron Claw, yeah. Um, right. I just think um, for the grand scope of what it was, it possibly could have been uh, better serviced as a miniseries so there weren't so many uh, time jumps or you know concessions made or whatever it might be. But, but overall, I really did enjoy it. And, you know, if it's something that's new to you as a listener, uh, I really advise you to look it up because there's so much more to it than what they were able to show in about two hours. Um, and you can really get an idea for how how a lot of this is really spread out, too. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's it's powerful stuff. It's powerful stuff. And these were some serious, serious players. So it's been a lot of fun to be able to cover that and kind of revisit that. And it's certainly opened up a well that I will keep flowing because I just really love watching this style of wrestling, maybe more than any. I just absolutely love it. Yeah, I, I will say to piggyback on what you just said, um, I want to shout out A24 for greenlighting this project and making it happen because if anything Mm -hmm. it allows people to dig deeper into a story that's been forgotten i think by especially non-wrestling fans um but wrestling fans of uh, modern wrestling fans a lot of them probably don't know who the von erics are and this opens that door is it perfect no but you know what It, it it does a pretty darn good job of trying 
to do its best to paint a picture of something that really has never been portrayed that well on screen outside of a handful of movies, not even a handful, outside of one uh, being The Wrestler. So, you know, kudos to A24 and kudos for them for being so gracious with like the hookups of everything, you know, from inviting Mm -hmm. us out to Dallas for the premiere uh, to to the screenings, to the promo items. Like they gave us a lot of fun stuff. And I will say, you know, the A24 didn't have to do any of that and they did with open arms. So big props to them. And I will say too, because, uh, you know, Sylvia is a, is a Patreon member and super supportive uh, as well. And, and Paul, that's a Patreon member that I shouted out earlier. You know, she's a big Von Eric fan and is just very curious about the Von Eric family album that I have. I think Paul and I are going to do a Patreon exclusive uh, kind of not an unboxing, but just kind of like a, 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 read, a, a through. read through of the family album. We did a little tease of it on our Instagram, but we're going to do uh, we'll do that exclusively to Patreon. That could be cool. If you're a Von Eric fan and you want more access to the Von Eric family. Uh, and more content. Maybe we'll put some Patreon stuff on there for you too. Anyways, there's a lot of fun stuff on Patreon, like Tales from the Video Store, our trivia, and of course, Paul and myself, and Dustin as well. <laughs> That's right. We're all reunited as the Night Boys. And the Night Boys. It's like Voltron. Yeah, 2024 is the year of the Night Boys. We are coming at you hard this year. It's night Boys. <laughs> Looking for a fight, boys. <laughs> Nightboy Paul, um, as always, it's been a pleasure to talk 80s nostalgia and 80s territory wrestling with you, brother. Pleasure has been all on this side of the table. We are territory marks. I love it. Thank you, Zachary, Zachariah. Always a pleasure, my man. It's always a pleasure for you guys to listen to us wax poetic on the things we love to talk about. So, uh, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, Year of the Dragon. I hope this Year of the Dragon is as prosperous for you as possible. Lots of love to each and every one of you. Thank you so much for listening to our show and supporting the show. And until next time, quit your belly aching, Garvin. Get this yard work done. I'll give you something to cry about. Mow that lawn with a push mower. That's right, Garvin. No belly aching out there. Make 2024 the year of you. Thanks again for listening to Territory Marks. If you like what you hear, then consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. While you're at it, head on over to our Patreon, too. The link is in our show notes. And if you want more 80s nostalgia, go check out my tag partner, Zach, and our Terry Bam Bam of Ballyhoo, Dustin, over at $2LateFee.com, where the faces always win, even in the territories. Oh, listen, I just wanted to say goodbye and remind you that the good guys always win, even in the 80s. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 